everyone and welcome to this episode of Insensitive. Since we last chatted, I've been out and about on my travels. I have been using the travel assistance on planes, trains and cars. Well, actually, I should say one car. And that certainly wasn't invented for the visually impaired. Before the lockdown, I was travelling from one regional UK airport to another and I'd gone through security and was sitting in the special assistance, travel assistance, cordoned off seating area. I had been travelling with Dave but he had caught a different flight to a different destination and I was returning home. Now I had my cane out and I had my cam on the side of my glasses and I was sitting in the um, special assistance area as I said waiting for my flight. An elderly couple, a gentleman in a wheelchair and his wife were wheeled into the same seating area and waited. I heard them chatting saying that they were catching the same flight that I was on. Now all I needed to know was the gate number to which my flight would be departing. They had a screen for the flight departures up above eye level but it was right by a block of windows which looked out onto the runway. So the light from the windows, the sunlight, had streamed right across the screen indicating the gate numbers. So of course for me it was absolutely impossible to read anything anyway. My cam couldn't pick it up either because there was just too much light for it to be actually able to read or photograph the text that was on the board. So I sat in the seating area and decided to wait for some assistance to come along. After about 15 minutes, a special assistant came into the seating area and called out a couple's name, which happened to be the gentleman in the wheelchair and his wife. And he went up to them and said, are you travelling too? And they said, yes. I went to the man and I said, um, could you tell me what gate number this same flight was leaving from? And he said, is your name on my list? And I says, I don't know. And I gave him my surname. No, he said, it's not. I said, well, could you just tell me what gate number it's leaving on, please? And I'll find my own way there. I'm sorry, he said, you'll have to wait for it to come up onto the TV screen monitor. And I said, but I can't read it, indicating to my eyes that I was visually impaired, plus holding the white cane and having the cam on the side of my glasses. And he looked at me and he said, oh, really? And I was a bit taken back and I said, yes. I said, so could you please tell me what gate number my flight's leaving from? I'm unable to read the screen. And he turned around and then he said, well, you'll have to wait for the announcements. 
And I says, but can't you just tell me the gate number now? Because I'm going to have to find my own way there. Um, and it might take me a bit longer. No, he says, you'll just have to wait for the announcement. And with that, he turned the wheelchair around and, the, and wheeled the couple off. Well, I was a little bit irked by this. Anyway, I thought, should I follow him? But he went through a side door and I thought, no, it's not worth the hassle. Anyway, there was an announcement and I only just heard the gate number and followed the herd of crowd that got up and walked towards the gate. By the time I was at the gate, I was at near the end of the queue, still with my white cane, and I could tell that as the queue sort of started to move up a bit, um, that the couple that had been assisted were waiting in a special area. However, the ground crew, the woman that was on the um, desk, was coming down the queue checking for hand luggage. This was one of those flights where they didn't allow oversized hand luggage and she was checking everybody's bag with which she saw my white cane and she said to me, oh, come with me please. So we went and she took me to the front of the queue where I stood next to the couple in the wheelchair. And then she said, right, she says, it's time to board. I'll take you on board. And bless her soul, she took me right to my seat on the aircraft and the man in the wheelchair was still left in the at the gate departure. So that was my experience with travel assistance at an airport. I was a bit cross about that experience and I did write a letter um, to the management of the regional airport uh, just explaining like I've done uh, about my experience with travel assistance but I have never yet had a reply which I think is a little bit disappointing and bad customer service. On the whole, I have to say though that I have had a very positive experience. I only really travel to them to the same airports, so I know the system rather well. On the whole, it has been absolutely positive. Moving from planes to trains, last week I travelled independently on a train up to Scotland to see friends. And again, of course, I used Travel Assist for the first time. What a pleasure it was. They made my travel experience so much easier and I wasn't filled with anxiety as I would have done had I tried the journey unassisted. It started at my local train station. Oh, and by the way, I had pre-booked travel assist. From the moment I got on to the um, platform and I asked the staff, uh, that I was um, expecting travel exist. They had my name ready to go. They knew the train, the platform to which they took me to. One took my case. We went up the lift, along the walkway and to the platform. The helper actually helped me onto the train and took me to my seat. Of course, these days with reserved seating, it makes it much more difficult for visually impaired people to find the right seat because you just can't sit anywhere. So, all was good. They put my uh, bag next to me so that at the change of stations I was readily identifiable. 
So when I got to the York station, which was the changeover station, there was a travel assistant waiting on the platform, came straight into the carriage and collected me, helped me off the train and walked to the next correct platform for my the continuation of my journey. Something quite amusing happened. This young gentleman, who was really chatty and very, very friendly, took me to where we had to wait for about 15 minutes for my train. And I said to him while we were waiting, please could you take me onto the train to my seat and then show me where the charging point is for my iPad. And he said, oh, he says, well, yes, I'll try if I've got time. He says, but the train doesn't wait for very long at the at the station. He said, yesterday, in fact, I got caught out. I was helping somebody onto the train and it must have taken him longer than he had thought and the train actually pulled out of the station with him still on the train. He went obviously to the next station, got off and returned his journey. However, it was five minutes before his shift finished and I think he must have got off work late. So he was really quite nervous, got me onto the train, walked down the aisle, found my seat, pointed to it and said, here's your seat, and then cleared off, <laughs> left the train in his nervous state. I think he had more anxiety than I did. Anyway, it was quite easy. I went to the place where he said was my seat. The train wasn't busy anyway, and there I sat. He didn't actually show me where the charging point was, but I managed to fumble around and find the connection, the plug connection, which was great. It all worked fine. And then when I got to the end of my journey, someone was on the platform, came onto the carriage and said, are you Marcy? And I said, yes. She said, oh, great. Your friends are waiting for you just here on the platform. So she helped me off the train and there I was with my friends. All as well. I loved the experience and it's given me the confidence to take that train journey again on my own to be modestly independent without fear of going onto the wrong platform or catching the wrong train, which is absolutely the thing I dread most. For my regular listeners, you will know that I travel on a ferry between England and Northern Ireland quite regularly. I would say probably two or three times a year. The travel assistance on the ferry, because I have never gone on without Dave, the only, really the only benefit for us is that we get to board one of the first on. They try and park us near the lift so that we can go straight up onto the lounge decks. However, what I did want to talk about are the toilets. Yes, that's right, public toilets. We all have to use them whether we want to acknowledge it or not. The toilets or the disabled toilets actually are the same as the normal toilets on this particular ferry. has some really strong positives and one big negative. So let me start with the positives. How do you think a blind person can tell whether the cubicle is occupied or not? Often, aren't there, there's a little green or a little red lock Thing that you look at. Well, how, how am I supposed to see that? This is the first time that I think I've actually seen this used. But on these toilets on the ferry is a sliding door and you actually press a button for the door to open. And then obviously you press the button to close it. 
And once it's closed, it automatically locks. And on the outside is a big red light, which can tell you that it is occupied and then obviously goes green when it is vacant. And this is the first time that I have seen this used. And for me, who can see color, this was brilliant. I didn't have to worry about whether anybody was in there. So that was a really, that's a really, really, in my book, strong positive. Now there were a lot of signs on the wall and I often wonder what these signs say. Don't generally take a reader into the toilet with me. So anyway, I'm quite oblivious to all the signs. And if there's one thing I wish above all on every disabled toilet, and I think this is probably a bit of a stretch, is that they could all be uniformed. You know where the flush button is and how it works. You know how the taps work. Is it left to cold, right to hot? Do you push the tap? Do you turn the tap? Or do you just put your hands underneath for the water to run out? Is the soap dispenser hand gel? Anyway, going back to the fairy toilet, I was looking for the flush. I couldn't find one on, I couldn't find a silver handle on the side of the cistern. I couldn't find anything on top of the cistern. There didn't seem to be any handles on the wall or behind the toilet itself. I thought, where on earth can the flush be? You know, like on um, trains and planes, there's a button on the back of the wall that you just push or you wave your hand in front of. It's a sensor and it automatically flushes. This didn't seem to have anything like that. And I thought to myself, and no one really wants to go searching too hard around a public toilet bowl, do they? In all honesty. And I'm certainly not going to be getting down on my hands and knees looking. Anyway, as I sort of looked around, as well, looked around, <laughs> tried to think, well, where could it be? I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel anything on the wall. My foot happened to kick something on the floor, which I thought was like a doorstop. That's what it felt like, a small rubber doorstop. And I thought, oh, whatever have I kicked now? For some reason, I put my foot on top of it and lo and behold, if it wasn't the flush, and it was actually behind the toilet bowl on the floor. I never had it before, never seen it before. That to me was a real negative downside. Now there might have been a sign on the wall indicating but I couldn't see it. I wonder what experiences you have had of public conveniences. I dread using them because, as I said earlier, I never know if the cubicle's available, which is the hot and cold water, how to flush the toilet. I'm pretty good with hand dryers, I have to say. And I suppose, really, other than that, that's my fairy experience. I very recently had the amazing experience of being taken for a ride in a Tesla car. These all new electric machines. A friend of mine came to pick me up for coffee and I was waiting on the curbside and saw this rather sporty looking car approaching but I couldn't hear anything because of course it's all electric and that's very quiet. So I suppose that's a disadvantage right from the outset. Anyway the car pulled up and I looked to open the door. But lo and behold, there's no door handle. I thought, hmm, how do I get in? My friend had to lean over and open the door from the inside so that I could get in, which I did. That was no bother. I get inside and we start our journey and I said to her, 
are all the knobs and buttons? Actually, where's your dashboard? And incredibly, this car has nothing except a rather large iPad screen in the middle of the two front seats. She said there is none. It's all controlled from the iPad. It was incredible. The technology that has gone into producing this car is just overwhelmingly awesome. Now, it certainly wasn't invented for those of us who can't see. Because we arrived at our destination after my friend just telling Siri to take us to wherever we were going. And it just automatically went into the system and more or less drove us there. When I stopped and took off my seatbelt, I reached for the door handle to find that there wasn't one on the inside either. And I'm fumbling around. I said, where is the door handle? How do I get out? She said, oh, there's a button that you press. Down the side of the door is like a little armrest. And the black button is incorporated in that little armrest. Well, for those of us that can't see, what an impossible task, looking for a camouflaged button to release the door to get out. Dear, dear, dear. For a car that costs so much, a poor blind person would be stuck in there. It has many bells and whistles, though. It's an incredible car. As we approached it, it automatically unlocked. No keys involved. And it can identify the owner and whoever has been programmed in. It sets the seat for you in the position that you have programmed in. Everything is controlled from an iPad. There seems to be separate stereo system in the back and the front. And even when you're in your seat, it automatically starts up and is ready for you to drive away. I'm not sure really whether for a visually impaired person, this car is going to be a great hit. One, we can't hear it. And two, we can't see the buttons to get in or out of the darn thing, let alone being able to control the heating or the air conditioning. However, maybe one day they'll employ a visually impaired person to help with the design and technology of a car automation. But it was a lovely experience and a fantastically smooth ride. And I'm very, very privileged to have such lovely friends who want to take me out and about in such a swanky car. And if that's still not enough, you can even watch Netflix or play games on the iPad. Definitely no good for me then. Well, those are my travel adventures for this time round. I wonder if you've had any. If you have, leave some comments so that I can read. Maybe you've got some tips too on how we negotiate public toilets. Don't forget to like, subscribe, send me a message, get the word out. Someone is sharing their experience on trains, planes and cars. And don't forget the ferry. So until next time... Goodbye.